0: Really, I think there's only one place to begin this morning. So a man dies, and he goes before before St. Peter's early gates. And Peter says to him, Sir, have you done anything in your life to merit entrance into paradise? The man thinks a moment. He says, well, there was this one time. I was in Arizona, and I was in a bar, and I was having a drink, and at the end of the bar, there was this beautiful woman. And I was getting ready to talked to her, when all of a sudden a whole group of hell's angels came crashing into the bar. They began to intimidate everybody, break chairs. They picked up the girl and began to toss her around the bar. So I went outside and I saw their big line of motorcycles and I kicked them over. And I came back in and I said, put that girl down. I went over to the biggest, meanest one of them and I took his earring and I yanked it out and I slapped him across the face and I said, buddy, you and your friends better get out of here or you're going to have to deal with me. Peter was impressed. He said, well, when did this happen? And the guy goes, well, about five minutes ago. (laughs) This morning's gospel is the scriptural warrant for every St. Peter joke you have ever heard or told. And as fun a fact as that is, that's not why it's important. This morning's gospel has a particular moment where Peter's... Peter testifies to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And in all the Gospels, this moment is accounted. Now, different Gospel writers take different spins, put put it in different contexts. But it seems very clear that there was a moment in the public ministry of Jesus when Peter recognized and testified to the fact that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God, Now, all through the Gospels, who Jesus is and where does his authority come from is constantly at issue. You know, in the Gospel of Mark, it's almost a hidden secret. And yet, in all the stories, all the way up through the crucifixion, right up to the point where Pilate puts the sign up and says, King of the Jews, and other people say, no, he's not. His identity is at issue. So this is a very crucial moment where the apostles come to recognize and testify to who Jesus is. But for us, I was thinking, this is never really much of a mystery. Most of us have heard from childhood, who is Jesus? Well, he's the Messiah, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. And yet as I thought about it, who do people say that I am? Actually, this is still an issue. I think many of us have had the experience of speaking with another Christian As we're talking about our faith, we realize it doesn't seem like we're talking about the same person, or the same Bible, or the same church, or the same God. You know, who are we as Christians? What are we supposed to be about? How is Jesus present in the world now and in the church? Sometimes it feels like we have a wholly different take. I mean, we sing about a wideness in God's mercy, but is there a wideness in God's identity? Are some of us right and some of us wrong? How can we all have such different answers to this question? But as I thought about it, this question is still relevant for us because we actually don't answer it with pat words. We answer it with our lives. We express, who do people say that I am by the way we live our lives? And that answer is ongoing. As Roca says, we must live the questions. Who do you say that I am? Well, that's a lifelong journey, and it's the spiritual journey. But this morning, we also have Jesus recognizing Peter. Matthew, in particular, sets this with a dual exchange. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, we gotta pause a moment because Peter's name, he's got a lot of names. And I think it's important to recognize how he has so many names. Okay? When he was born, his mama gave him the name Simon. Okay? Simon, son of Jonah. Okay? At some point, shortly after his call, Jesus calls him Cephas, or stone, rock. Okay? Why? We don't really know. Was he hard-headed? Matthew seems to give us the suggestion that he has a foundation of faith, that he's rock. And I think we're meant to hear that whole story about a house built on sand and a house built on rock. That he's the foundation stone. But in the text, it sounds like he says, Peter, you are rock. Really, he says something more like stone, you are rock. Because Cephas gets translated into the Greek as Petros, which is stone. But it's not a name. Nobody was named Petros at this time. It was only after Peter And his name was adopted by the Christian community that Peter became formally a name for men. So in the gospel we hear Simon, Simon Peter, Cephas, or Peter. It's all the same, but they're different strands of the tradition being translated. Okay? So Jesus says to him, you are rock and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, the reason this is such an important text is because this is the only instance in all the Gospels where Jesus says, my church. Okay, ecclesia. The ecclesia is the term for the Christian community post-resurrection. But here is the one instance where Jesus seems to be founding the church. And so because of who Peter was, and because he was sort of first among the Apostles and went on to Rome and passed away, and then his successors came along and claimed the authority of this passage, which is to say the keys of heaven and the power to bound and loose, okay? So this text has been historically very significant and fought over to this very day. And yet, though this text is so important, For those reasons, where we're reading this text today, it doesn't seem particularly important. You know, who's first in the church? Who has special authority? We're struggling together as church. You know, we're meeting together over the Internet. And compounded with that, we're meeting in the context of a pandemic, a global pandemic that has hit our country with particular ferocity. You know, our lives have been changed. We all have to wear masks. We work from home. Our children can't go to school, they watch school. People get sick and they're dying and we can't go to them. We can't even mourn them in the traditions that we always had. And if that weren't enough, here in California, we now have fires encircling our whole city. Okay, We have huge fires that are threatening the livelihoods, the lives, and the homes of people all around us. And added to the air that we can't breathe is now smoke. And friends, all of these problems are just additions to the problems that we came into 2020 with, with this terribly divided country paralyzed to address our problems. Which is economic inequality, and racial injustice, and gun violence, and immigration, Not to mention the impending climate catastrophe. So at this moment, reading this passage, it all feels a little removed. It's all too much. So where are we to find the good news? I think the good news in this passage is actually in the relationship of Jesus and Peter. Because Jesus calls Peter... And Peter is not just the first among equals, he's the exemplar disciple. We see him in more situations than anyone. His faults and foibles, his triumphs and disgraces, they're fully told in the gospel, and we're meant to identify with him. Who has not felt unworthy of the call? Who has not gotten out of the boat and sank? Who has not felt so full of faith and righteousness that you're ready to die only to slink away in another context? Jesus chooses Peter. Jesus loves and mentors Peter. Jesus yells at Peter. Jesus tells him, you're going to betray me. But Jesus loves Peter and ultimately forgives Peter. And friends, this is good news. Because we are all on the journey of Peter. As I said earlier, who do you say that I am is a lifelong work that we express in our lives. And just as Peter is transformed by his encounter with Jesus, so are we being transformed. God will never abandon us. God is always right here with us. And so, things are hard right now. But we mustn't lose heart. We are still about the work of the kingdom of God. We are still about the work of answering, who do you say that I am? So friends, be kind to yourself and to others. Find a way to serve. Be about the work of the kingdom. Forgive yourself and forgive others. And remember always... Jesus has promised to be with us always. And that's true right now as always.